Welcome to Legends of the Hall, the podcast centered around the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs, telling the stories of the greatest stars in the history of Pro Rodeo. On today's show, our guest is five-time Wrangler World Champion Bullfighter and 2006 Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame inductee, Rob Smith. This is professional rodeo announcer, Steve Kenyon. Legends of the Hall is being sponsored by Wrangler, the official Western wear of Pro Rodeo. Long live Cowboys. In just a moment, we'll meet Rob Smith. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And if I'm gonna enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. Thanks for joining us for Legends of the Hall. I'm Steve Kenyon. We invite you to uh, spend a little time on our brand new 8 Seconds Media store. Go to 8secondsmedia.com, click on the shop link. We've got all kinds of fun merchandise there waiting for you. 8secondsmedia.com. Rob Smets was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 2006. He is a five-time Wrangler World Champion bullfighter. He's done just about everything you can do in the world of professional rodeo. Today's show, we talk a lot about bullfighters, we talk a lot about faith, we talk a lot about Rob's new job with the WCRA. Here's Rob Smets on Legends of the Hall. Rob Smets, welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Nice to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. And, uh, of course, Rob, an inductee into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame 2006, an inductee into the Cowboy uh, Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City in 2019. Uh, you know, it's, you, you come from an age of bullfighters, Rob, that was pretty good. Um, we live in an age of bullfighters. It's really good, but you guys didn't have to take a backseat to anybody, did you? You know, the, the, the group of bullfighters that took me under their wing, Wick Pep, Skipper Boss, Miles Hare, Jimmy Anderson, their names speak for themselves right there. You know, I mean, Wick was the king. Skipper was the one that dressed it up and, and made it a, made it an art. And Jimmy and Miles, you know, they weren't they weren't afraid of the cop. Nobody was tougher than Jimmy. And Miles, Miles loved the game so much and, and, and was so little afraid of the competition that he kept pouring into me, even though in the long run it ended up costing him costing him some money and some gold buckles probably yeah you know but but the, but the friendship you know the the friendship and now miles and i are doing schools together and getting to pour back into the youth of the sport and, and share that share our knowledge with them it's you know you just can't replace it you know rob it's, it's kind of funny when you were when you were doing when you were being selected six times to go to the nfr and uh when you were winning championships and doing all the things that you were doing um i was really just learning a lot in the rodeo business at that time and yeah, you were I coming won't... along up there in oregon i remember yep and 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 uh i think of you and the name miles hair immediately pops in my mind at the same moment i think of rob smith you guys had a lot of you guys in particular i think 
had a you know maybe maybe the same thing will be for a lot of people with Cody Webster and Dusty Tuckness, for example. Um, you guys were together a lot. We were to, we were together a lot. We worked Fort Worth several times together. You know the the funny thing is the first time that Miles and I worked, we were in Monroe, Louisiana, working a rodeo for Jim Shoulders, and Shoulders had to ride between us because we were going to go Fist City in the middle of the bull ride. The very first, the very the very first day, you know. But it was two young guys that were both used to being the guy that sold the show, and. You know, we, my, I think I was 19, Miles was 23, and, and I can remember Miles going, what the hell are you doing? And I said, well, you're the great Miles Hayer, do something. And, you know, the next thing we are, we're nose to nose and shoulders rides, shoulders rides up alongside John Taylor's in the barrel. And he says, what the hell's going on up there? And John Taylor goes, you got two young bulls and too small a pasture. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And, and, and so, so, so to go from there to us ending up down the road, you know, actually to go from there to five years later being in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and me being so tired of winning second to Miles hair, I looked over at him and said, you know what? I'm going home. I'm tired of winning second, tired of this game. I'm going home. And Miles looked over at me and he said, quit trying all the crazy shit. Get back to the fundamentals and go fight bulls like you know how to. Yeah. And I won the last go round at Fort Smith. I won the next five bullfights in a row. And I won the 1983 World Championship. And if it wasn't for Miles Hare, you know, Miles has got two gold buckles and I got five. But he's responsible for all seven of them. Wow. That is a great story, Rob. I mean, I I had never heard the one about you guys almost going toe-to-toe right in the middle of a rodeo arena. Um, way oh, back yeah. That, that's, you know, that kind of stuff. People need to hear more of, of how those relationships develop, I think. Yep. You know, and, and, it, and it did. And it ended up, like I said, now it's a brotherhood. We, You know, we ended up, 1988, we tie for the world, dollar for dollar, penny for penny at the NFR, the first and only time that it ever happened. And we, you know, we go fight bulls and we look over at each other and I look at Miles and I said, I can't think of a better guy to have to split the world with. Yeah. And we just grabbed each other's arms and we made a victory lap around the Thomas and Mac and looked back at Greg Tusa that was the Wrangler boss man at the time and said, make another buckle, we're done. Tell me about two. Go ahead, Rob. Tell you about Tusa? No, tell me about. Uh, yeah, tell me about Tusa. Tell me about him. Tusa was a great. Tusa, you know, Tusa fell into the job. He, he worked with David Allen and, and, and came on board. And, and Greg Tusa was a really good rep for Wrangler. He was a uh, played football, and you know, he the guy the guy was tough. But he when he came into a whole sport that. He didn't know a lot about, and, you know, like I said, Wick, Skipper, Miles, Jerry, whoops, excuse me, um, that, you know, it was, he saw, he saw a lot of, a lot of tough guys, and there were a lot of tough guys in this board. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 2006, you get a phone call from the Pro Radio Hall of Fame, we're putting you in the hall. 
Um, you had had so many accolades, and there there were so many good things that had happened in your life. I'm assuming that phone call was not a surprise, but by the same token, that's got to be something that I don't know. What, what what was your reaction when that happened? You know, it, it, it was it was a surprise just because I, I, I'm grateful. I end up breaking my neck in March of that year for the third time, 2006. And then I get the phone call that I'm going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, it kind of eased the pain a little bit of having to, you know, that the game was over. Um, and, and to get there, you know, it, it was a great honor because I'd be, I'd be lying to say I didn't want to end up in the Hall of Fame. I'm not, I'm not worried about who people want to say is the best bullfighter of all time, but by being put in that Hall of Fame, it puts you in that circle of being able to say, you know what, people can argue. It's just like Mays or DiMaggio or, or you know, who, who you want to vote as the greatest center fielder of all time or Mickey Mantle, but it says you could, I could play the game with the best. Yeah. And that was, and that was important to me. You're in the conversation for sure. And that, 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 I'm, that, that, that I'm in the conversation who, who, who they say is the best. That's let them, let them argue, yeah. you know, but, but, but to be, to be in the, to be in that circle, you know, and like I said, and, and Wick was so good to me and Skipper taught me how to do the step through on a chair in the dressing room in Omaha, Nebraska, and, you know, Miles stopped me from going home, and, and Jimmy gave me a lot of grit, yeah. you know. And Jimmy Jimmy and I were a pair of hard heads that when you stuck us together, we, the only time that they ever had a Wrangler team bullfight was Wick Peth and Bob Donaldson, Skipper Voss and Miles Hare, and it was supposed to be Leon Coffee and Mike Moore, Salt and Pepper, the original Salt and Pepper from – uh, that worked for Steiner's Rodeo, and Steiner had Waco in the Dallas State Fair at the same time, and Leon and Mike were in a contract at Dallas, and Dallas wouldn't let them out of the contract to compete in the contest. And Chip Shoulders called David Allen with Wrangler and said, I got two guys, and they sent me and Jimmy Anderson and I, hmm. and we and we smoked them. Rob, you got to tell me about Skipper Voss, and you got to tell me about Wick Peth. Talk about Skipper a little bit, uh, because his is a name that I've always thought. Just hearing people like you talk, and I never knew Skipper. Um, his his is a name that probably does not get enough credit in the bullfighting world. Am I right in saying that? Well, Skipper Skipper won the world nineteen eighty two. Miles Miles won the first world eighty one. Skipper won the world 82 and then I won it my first one in 83 but Skipper like I said during that year in 82 we're sitting in the dressing room up there at Omaha Nebraska and he sets his chair out and says this is a step through and he steps by it actually turns his back to it and then turns around and faces it and in, in the in the movement he covers 180 degrees of what would be the circle so that instead of him being directly in front of the chair, he's all the way behind the chair and turned back around facing it. 
and that that way the bull's head would always be there, but that bull has to kick and get his butt behind him in order to come for, forward. That's why when you see bullfighters teaching other guys how to fight bulls, they use a wheelbarrow because a bull moves like a wheelbarrow. In order for him to come forward, he's got to get his butt behind him. And, and as long as I can. And then the other part of that is if he's kicking when he's trying to turn around there and get to me, that he can only move so far on his front two feet because he's got his, because that back ends up in the air. So the more that I can keep him bent and keep stepping into that shoulder and staying in that sweet spot, the better off I am. It's, you know, Skipper, Skipper shows me how to do that move on a chair. And I sit there in the dressing room till it's time to go fight bulls that night in Omaha, stepping around this chair, stepping around this chair, going back the other way, back and forth, back and forth. And then I go out and win the go round, doing step throughs on a bull at Service Bullfight there, you know. There's another guy that Skipper was about passing it on. Yeah. He wasn't worried about that it might cost him some money. And, and and by the time I had got around Skipper, like Miles, Miles had learned a bunch from Skipper. But by the time I got around Skipper, Skipper had had seven knee surgeries. You know, he, he, he'd been beat up a lot fighting bulls in South Texas that a lot of us had never even seen. And, and, and that Skipper was a phenomenal bullfighter, you know, obviously with his help. But when you start keep whacking on those legs, it's just hard to get around. Yeah. I want to ask you about one more name that you mentioned, and then I want to talk about some of the things you're doing today. But while you were talking about Skipper, I brought up Wick Peth's biography. Um, native of the state of Washington, 37-year career fighting bulls, ended in 1985, and this is what ProRodeo.com wrote when he passed away um, in 2019. Was the original bullfighter the man credited with changing the job from part-time clown into full-time protector? Whit Peth was the first man that ever commanded a price to go fight bulls, to go be a bodyguard. That he did not do comedy. He did not. He wasn't funny. He didn't put makeup on. He went out there to make sure that the bull followed him and that the cowboy left safely. And, and, and Wick was the man that commanded that price and had all the good roadkills. And he was the one that taught me to hop, much like back for anybody that played football. The cardinal sin of a linebacker is getting your feet crossed over. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same thing with fighting bulls. The last thing you want to do is get your feet crossed over. As long as I can hop and stay parallel to my animal, the bull moves like a horse on a lead. So that's why you watch these bullfighters. They start moving one way. They throw that big jab step and a fake that direction to get that bull's weight on his on that right-hand lead. Say, if I'm hopping to my F, I'm trying to get him to move over and really put that weight on that right lead. Then I go back the other way. It's physically impossible for him to make the left-hand turn without getting that left leg back out in front of him. He's going to go down. So that's why it was so important and, and that staying square, squared up. And Wick was the one that taught me to hop and square up. Skip will put the step-through move in it and – and then just working with Miles a whole bunch and having to try to keep up with Miles there and Jimmy Anderson, they, they taught me how to hustle. 
Rob Smets is joining us, and you just got got a miniature bullfighting clinic right there from one of the greatest ever uh, in Rob Smets. You know, the thing, Rob, the thing that, that you had to overcome was, and and it, it goes with the territory, I guess, but you had more than your share of injuries. Three broken necks. I remember one time visiting with you, and you had your, your head in a halo, and you really could not move in any direction. I mean, you, you were staring straight ahead and that was it. Um, that, that was it. Yep. I talk- slept in a recliner. I slept in a recliner for four months, you know, oh. cause you could, you can't, you can't lay down. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I, and Steve, I, I was sure blessed, but I think at all those times too, you know, they were in my, they were in my wilder days, 92, you know, I was I was going through a divorce, and I was I was going through things in my life, and I broke my neck the first time. I broke C four, five, and six. Well, those are the ones that run your arms and legs, and the Lord let me walk away from it. Hmm. And then the next time, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, in 1996, and I break my neck that second time. That bull hits me in the butt and shoots me in, and I hit Rudy Burns's barrel with the top of my head. And I break C1, which is the one Christopher Reeves broke. Christopher Reeves broke it in one place. I cracked it in three places. Wow. And and, and walked away again. Christopher Reeves you know, never walked again after that. Again, Christopher that Reeves blew through. Christopher Reeves blew through a straw for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, God, God had a plan. They, they, he, he was trying to give me a wake-up call to say, hey, hey Spence, I'm knocking here. You know, and the Bible talks to us about him knocking on the door. Well, he knocked on the door, and fortunately, I I I heard him, and I heard him on a night in uh, on a morning up in Twin Falls, Idaho. I got invited to go to a rodeo school Bible camp, and uh, Rope Myers was giving his testimony, and man, he was walking back and forth, Steve, and he was talking about the things Christ had done in his life. And I was standing over on the side there, and I'm thinking, man, I spent a lot of money on a lot of things chasing what that guy's got right there. And uh, they did that. They, they did the altar call that day, and the first guy on his knees was Rob Smets asking Jesus Christ into his life. And, you know, I, it's funny that I get to do this interview with you today because I called Andy Taylor a few hours ago as I was driving. To tell Andy Taylor, Andy, thank you. This year, this year's 20, 26 years ago that I got saved at that camp in Twin Falls, Idaho. And uh, funny, just goes to show our, our God is merciful and forgiving because I tried him pretty hard, Steve. Yeah. Um, and, and he all and he was always standing there with his arms wide open, not with that finger out there pointing at me saying, Rob Smets, you did this and you did this. He said, Rob Smets, come here. I got something for you. Well, I mean, lifestyle is one thing. Walking away from three broken necks is another, Rob. Um, well, like I said, he had a plan. Yeah. Um, tell me what you're doing today. As you and I are talking, full disclosure, Rob is is on a highway somewhere in Oklahoma um, getting ready for the Lazy E Arena this weekend. You work with the WCRA now, and uh, the Stampede at the E is this weekend. Talk about what you're doing today. So what I'm doing right now is I'm going to meet the PBR's 
ATV truck with a trailer on it in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I'm going through Oklahoma City right now, going back after that, and then I'll uh, come back come back up here after a while and get unhooked. But we we've got our first big major event of the year at the Lazy E, the WCRA, and. Uh, so for some of the guys, it's the second leg of the Triple Crown. Our event is if you win three major events in a row, there's a million-dollar bonus. R.C. Landingham, a good friend of yours and mine, yeah. won the million dollars just last year at Fort Worth, Texas, right after the NFR was over. And uh, so there's some, there's some guys here that have got a chance. The, win, the winners of Tryon, North Carolina – They've got their first event of the year one. This counts as their second one, so there could be a chance to win the million dollars at Rodeo Corpus Christi in May. What is your what is your your position? You're you're in a membership role, right? Or am I completely off in saying that? In- well, and, and it's it is it's membership, but there's you're not a member of the WCRA. We're an alliance partner, and what my job is is I talk to associations. I talk to the promoters about becoming an alliance partner with us so that, say, Steve Kenyon is putting on the bull riding, which you are going to. Our good friend Jason Maddox has got the bull riding in Central Point, Oregon this weekend. Challenge of, the Challenge of Champions event. So those guys are able to nominate that Challenge of Champions bull rider to earn points to qualify for Rodeo Corpus Christi. Well, I have an agreement with Jason Maddox that when his events are over, that he sends the results along with the payout so that I know that Steve Kenyon placed first in the first go-round of the bull riding, third in the second go-round of the bull riding, and he won the average. Now I can delegate the points that go along with those placings, and that way we can keep our leaderboard intact. And that's the job that I'm responsible for. And then after Steve Kenyon woke up and realized that none of that actually happened. Uh, it... <laughs> yeah, but, he, but Steve Kenyon got to be there and talk about it all and explain it to everybody. Yeah, that's I know exactly what my right. buddy does. That's exactly right. You know, it's it's an interesting, the, the, the concept is different. I, Bobby Moat and I've talked about this a bunch, Robin. You and I've talked about it a little bit. Um, this is not a competition. This is another opportunity for cowboys and cowgirls. Right. Well, we're not we're not taking anything away from anybody else. We're not getting in their way. You know, the event in Tryon was the first weekend of October, which was right after the PRCA rodeos all ended their count toward the national finals rodeo. So it opened up guys for another opportunity to come win some money. And, and that's what it's all about. It's about letting Cowboys go compete at events that they're going to and get a chance to come compete at a couple of events that weren't ever there before and have a chance to put some life-changing money in their pocket. Yeah. Rob, let me ask you, I'm going to say something, and you can tell me if I'm I'm right or wrong. Um, I talked to a couple of rodeo clowns about this a few years ago, and they were the ones that actually said, you know, what Smets has done is kind of amazing. You went from being one of the premier elite bullfighters in all of professional rodeo uh, when your time fighting bulls had come to an end, you grabbed a microphone and made a transition to announcing. You have been a bull raiser 
you you owned a bull that was in the running. Uh, tragically, you lost him, but you owned a bull that was in the running to be the PBR's bull of the year a couple of years ago. Actually, maybe more than a couple he, of years And he's now. not. He isn't dead. We did, I didn't lose him. He's he's still out there. He's third. 13 he's gonna be 14 years old this year i apologize i don't why did i think that you'd lost him yeah i I just we just quit bucking him you know got it he didn't end up but he did make the top five bulls for the bull of the year from a guy that you know owned one bull jeremiah after after the scripture jerry everybody used to always ask me when i prayed over bull riders what was i praying and when i got saved the scripture that was given to me was Jeremiah 33, 3. The, the Bible tells us, it says, Call unto me, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou didn't know. Well, when those bull riders were down, I, I didn't know how bad they were hurt. But our Lord and Savior knew how bad they were hurt. Call, call unto me. Well, Father, I'm calling right here, right now. I need your touch on these guys, cleansing, cleansing and healing of their bodies. You know, and that was... That was what I was praying for, for all the people that ever wondered what it was. I prayed Jeremiah 33 over those bull riders. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I got the story kind of messed up there, Rob, and I apologize for that. That's all right. But the, the, I guess the, the direction I was going with that is they're in, they're in much in this rodeo business in this Western way of life you haven't done at some point. Um, going from, from bullfighter to announcer – Somewhere in the middle of all that bull razor and answering the call that you have answered in your life, it's been a, it's it's been a pretty full career, hasn't it? it it's been good, you know. And and the biggest best part of the whole deal was, you know, I I've been I've been through some trying times too. You know, there's there's been some mountaintops. Yeah. But just like the Father tells us in the Bible, there there's mountaintops and there's valleys, and I and I've been in the valleys and probably the though. I use it as a valley. It was one of the best learning experiences I could have ever had. Was having to sell trucks for three and a half years and sitting in a sitting in a cubicle on a lot. After being a guy that was out here on the road like I am even just right now, you know, it, it, the walls got real small. The, the space got real tight, but. For once in my life, I didn't get ahead of our Lord, and I kept saying, Father, I know you got a plan. I sure don't want to end up selling trucks for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mr. McKinney came and talked to me and gave me the opportunity. We sat and visited that day, and he said, started talking to me about the WCRA, and he said, I think you need to come to work for me. And I said, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and so it, it was a big blessing, but the best part about it was, that for the WCRA, it didn't matter if a guy was a guy that life got in the way and he had a weekly job that he had to go ring the bell out 40 hours a week. He could go to a jackpot on a Tuesday night. He could go to a jackpot on a Wednesday night. If you were a guy in the Texas region, let's say, that you could slip up and go to the Northside Coliseum and go compete right there at an open rodeo at the Coliseum. You could go to a amateur Texas Association rodeo on a Saturday, and you could go to a PRCA rodeo on a Sunday. But yet, if you get, if you could place at enough good events, earning the points, you could get a chance to come and play for some life-changing money. And it was like, man, I want to be part of that. And then, but 
looked like could only was a dream for a while there came to fruition like we just mentioned there you go marcy the stampede at the e is this weekend it is january 3rd through the 6th um and uh, lazy arena guthrie oklahoma which is of course one of the temples of our um sport and i know it's going to be a big weekend and i know it's going to be a fun weekend for all of you that are involved rob let me ask you a question about um something you've talked about a lot and i i have a i have a theory that in professional rodeo and in the western way of life whether it's bull riding rodeo whatever people would be shocked if they found out how many how many men and women of fairly deep faith are competing in our sport you know there's a lot of men and women of of faith in our sport and and more so right now probably than than any time in my career you know that they they take it serious people have they've been brought up that way and you know if there's if there's ever a time for christ to be in our life it's right now because it's it's a pretty wild world that we're living in and he said that you know satan's everywhere and it's a spiritual battle but uh as we keep moving forward we just got to keep turning to him keep walking in faith he's not gonna he's not gonna pick you up and just take you out of those valleys like i said i I sat in what i considered a valley for three and a half years but he tells us also be strong enough to encourage do not be discouraged or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 9, right? Yeah. And, and for, for us to just keep walking it out, you see that light at the end of the tunnel, let's just keep moving forward. And the best advice I've got to the people that are listening right here is you just keep looking forward. Don't worry about what's behind you, you've left it behind. That's a great point. And a great way to to wrap this thing up. Rob, I asked you for 15 or 20 minutes. You gave me a half an hour. Um, One of the great thrills in my life has been people that I have had a chance to get to know, get to work with, get to call friends. Rob Smets is one of them. Um, He and I both come from the West Coast, and both of us live in Texas now. And um, it's been been an honor, Rob, to to have a chance to get to watch, to learn, uh, to listen and to see all the things that you've had a chance to do in your life. Hey, buddy, it's been an honor to get to see the same with you. From Just like you said, when you first started and I was fighting bulls and you were learning to announce to going from there to TV broadcaster to announcing a lot of major events in our sport, you know, we, we've got to share a lot of really good times together, Steve. And I do, I do appreciate our friendship. It's I got been it. a heck of a ride. I got to ask you one question before I let you go. And uh, I, 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 I was doing some Googling and just pulling some stuff up, and I stumbled across your, your induction biography to the National Rodeo Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. And it, the photo on the cover of that, Rob, is you not dressed up as a bullfighter, but you standing there with a microphone in your hand in the arena. This is like three broken necks later. Uh, yes. with a bull doing a circle around you and you kind of do it a look to me like you're about to pull off one of those step throughs you were just describing. Well, and I, and I had to pull off a step through to get mine. Cause you, in that picture, you can see I got a pretty good arch in my back and I'm trying, hoping that he's going to miss me with that big horn on that left side. And, and fortunately, like I was, we were joking about it earlier. 
I I didn't lose my microphone, and I we got by. But you know, it, it was it wasn't looking real pretty for a moment there. Oh, I'm just glad you got through that. Uh, you still got it, Smets. You still got it. Just don't even try to deny yeah, it. You I still appreciate got it, it brother. Rob Smets joining us on the uh, Legends of the Hall podcast. Rob, good luck this weekend in Oklahoma, at, in uh, Guthrie, Oklahoma, at the legendary Lazy E Arena. Thanks, brother. God bless you, and thanks for the time, everybody. I love you all. Have a great day. You too, Rob Smets joining us on Legends of the Hall. Big thank you to Rob Smith joining us on Legends of the Hall. You can uh, go to the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame's website anytime and find out about the latest, the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thank you to Rob Smith. Thanks to you for joining us. Thanks to Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. God bless everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon.